In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Brothers and sisters, I say this often in my homilies, and I, it's something that I want to repeat throughout my ministry, because I, I really want to drive the point home. It really changes the way we think about life, our world, people around us, and, our, and ourselves. Jesus performs many miracles in the Gospels. He heals people, he makes people whole, he gives sight to the blind, he raises the dead. There are many things that Jesus does. And it's true that he did them. He actually performed miracles. Through him, the action of God from heaven entered into the history of our world and changed the natural order of things and elevated it so that a miracle can happen, so that something that naturally would not be able to happen actually did happen. That happened historically. But Jesus' ministry goes far beyond healing a withered hand or giving the ability to walk to a crippled person or to give sight to a blind man or something like that. It goes far beyond these things. And these miracles, these healings, are signs that point to something more. Jesus' ministry is far greater than these things, but these things, real though they are, point to something even greater that Jesus' ministry is really about. So in this gospel reading, this is one of the examples of that. Jesus gives sight to a blind man. The blind man that Jesus heals in the gospel of St. Mark. This story in Mark has a few details that Luke, St. Luke, which is the gospel that we read from today, Mark adds a couple more details that Luke left out for various reasons. One of the details that Mark adds is this man is blind and he asks Jesus for, for, to give him his sight so that he can see. And Jesus says, sure, no problem. And he takes clay and mixes it with a spit and he puts it in the guy's eyes. And then he prays over him and then he's, Jesus says to him, well, can you see? And the man says, uh, kind of. I see men, but they look like trees, like shadows. And then Jesus does it again. And then the guy says, now I can see perfectly well. And Jesus says, great, your faith has healed you. Why is it, did Jesus need to give it a second go? No, the, guy, the guy's faith has to be involved and his faith gradually increased. That's the beauty of the story. Jesus, Jesus even his power is limited by our faith. If our faith is great, then Jesus can do a lot more. If our faith is very small, then Jesus is limited. And he can do very little. That's why in Capernaum, when he, went, when he goes to Capernaum, it says Jesus didn't perform any miracles there, just a couple of healings here and there because they didn't have any faith. And what that means is God can't work with us if we're not willing to work with him. But the beauty of the story is that the spiritual life is a progress, right? And that shows the progression of the spiritual life. We start off very blind, and then we gradually see a little bit more as we go. First we start off blind, and then maybe we see in shadows, we can just see shadows, 
but the goal is that we see perfectly well. That's the progression of the spiritual life. And the healing of the blind man points to that. It's showing us what the spiritual life is really about and the stages that are involved in it. Perfect sight is the goal. Christ wants to give us so much more than what we think he wants to give us, infinitely more. Jesus doesn't just want to make us whole. He doesn't just want us to see in shadows. He doesn't want us to just be able to kind of stumble around life. Christ wants us to see perfectly well. This is called, in theology, this is called the beatific vision, or the beautiful vision, the vision of beauty, the vision of the real, or the blessed vision, the joyful vision. These are all kind of same ways of, different, of saying the same thing, different ways of saying the same thing. And this is a reference to what we will have in heaven. Right now, I like to think of this three-stage process in this way. The blind person is the person without faith. He lives in this world just like everybody else does, just like all of us do. And he walks around and he see, you know, he's living his day-to-day -day life and he looks around at everything, but he's, and he sees everything the way that we do, but he's quite blind. The, the man without faith is quite blind. He'll look at trees and all he'll see are trees. He'll look at the mountains and all he'll see are mountains. He'll look at the human person and all he'll see is another living organism that looks like himself, that can speak and stuff like that. The believer, though, is not blind. The believer can see, although in this life, the believer is limited to seeing only shadows. And so, for example, if the unbeliever is blind and can only see stuff on, on its surface level, the believer can see through the surface level and see something deeper. He can look at the trees and say, that's a beautiful tree. What a construct that thing is. What a beautiful thing that tree is, or that mountain, or this human person, or this life, or this entire universe, or whatever it is. What a beautiful thing all this stuff is. It points to a creator. It points to somebody that made it. A, if somebody made something this beautiful, the maker of this thing is infinitely more beautiful. When you find, when you see a beautiful piece of art, you hear a beautiful piece of music, you don't just stop at the music. You don't just stop at the piece of art. You praise, immediately you praise like, wow, that artist is amazing. What kind of hands does he have? What kind of vision does he have that he can paint something like this? That he can compose a piece of music like this? And so, looking at the stuff makes you think about the maker, and in fact, makes you desire the maker but we're still limited to just seeing the stuff. We're still limited to just hearing the music. We can't meet the composer. We're still limited to just seeing the painting. I can't go and find the painter, not yet. And so the painter or the composer, or in our case, God, is known to us only by the stuff that he has made and by the scriptures that he has revealed to us and by the church that he has given to us. God is made known to us and we see God only through other things, through the world, through each other, through scripture, through the church, etc. We see God 
through something else. That's the believer. That's the believer with some vision looking at everything but seeing shadows. But at least that's better than being totally blind. That's not enough for Jesus for us. Jesus wants to give us perfect vision. That's the beatific vision. St. Paul describes it as, he says, right now we see dimly as in a, as in a mirror, but then we will see face to face. In another part, St. Paul says, I know a man who was in ecstasy, taken up into the seventh heaven. So he's describing himself. You know, people talk. I know a guy that, oh, I have a friend that, they're speaking about themselves. St. Paul does exactly the same thing. He's trying to be modest. I know a guy that was taken up in ecstasy to the seventh heaven, to the highest heavens, to the highest of, the, of, of elevation, into the, into the realm of God. And what he saw there, he cannot put into human words. He cannot describe it. That's what St. Paul says. Because when we see God face to face, every attempt at description in human language falls apart. And indeed, this is what all the saints who, with the approval of the church and their visions of heaven, this is what they've all said, St. Faustina among them. She says, yeah, St. Paul was right. I saw heaven, and I can't put it into words. There's nothing, no way to describe it. They're able to describe hell. They're able to describe purgatory, because hell and purgatory are boring, because they're banal, because they're ordinary. We're used to it. Evil really is not exciting at all. Goodness, love, beauty, these things are so exciting that they're indescribable. Heaven is exactly that. The beatific vision is where we see God face to face without any mediation. We don't need anybody to tell us. We don't need anything to show us. There's nothing that points to God. We're with God face to face. And in fact, even further than that, we begin to live the very life of God. This is what St. Peter says in the New Testament when he says, you are sharing, you are sharers in the divine nature. God, Christ, elevates us far above even the angels through our baptism. The Son of God is God, and he becomes human. And when we're baptized into his humanity, we are raised up far above the angels into his divinity so that we love not in a kind of scattered way, the way that we do here, where we love people when we're in a good mood. We love people when they're good to us. We love people when it's convenient for us, but when it's not, then we kind of turn off. We love perfectly. We love with the very love of God. We see everything through the eyes of God. We know everything through the knowledge of God. We love through God's own love. We're perfectly united to one another in Him where even our bodies are so transformed that we can see God in our own bodies. That's the resurrection from the dead. All these things he wants to give us, and all these things are indescribably good. Vision, Jesus giving sight to the blind man, points to all of that. And now, I hope you can understand why the saints are able to deal with so much. If you read the lives of the saints, why did St. Therese of Lisieux decide something funny, you know? Why did she decide at a young age that she would never lean her back against 
any chair or any pew or anything like that. She wanted to make herself a little bit uncomfortable. She would ha just sit up kind of straight like this to, to deprive herself of a little bit of comfort so that she can offer it up for the goal of entering the kingdom of God. Now you understand why the saints are able to deal with so much suffering and so much pain and so much anguish in their lives and they're able to do it gracefully and joyfully knowing what God has in store for them. Brothers and sisters, our Lord is walking by. We are the blind man. Cry out to Jesus Christ and say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus responds really well to that. The only way, the only thing that the devil can do to interrupt the plan of Christ in our lives is giving up hope. The only thing that the devil can do, not get us to sin, sins can be absolved really quite easily. Just go to the confession. It's a two-minute process. The only thing that the devil can do, not to get us to sin, but to get us to despair. And that, that will really interrupt our salvation. That really interrupts the process. Because once we despair, once we are the, we're sitting on the side of the road, we can't see. Very easy for the blind man to just sit on the side of the road and say, I feel sorry for myself. How is it that all these people get to walk and I don't get to walk because I'm blind? That's unfair. It's very easy to become that guy. Very easy when he cries out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And people come up to him and say, don't say that. Jesus is, you know, Jesus is way above you. Don't even think about being disrespectful like this. He's embarrassed. It's very easy to, for him to say, okay, fine. I'm just going to stay in my corner. I'm not going to say anything. I'm not going to do anything. I don't want to embarrass myself. I don't want to do anything like that. Very easy to lose courage in life. But the second that we do that, we give up on salvation and we're giving up on that beatific vision, that great thing that God wants to give to us. You see, in Capernaum, Jesus couldn't perform any miracles because they had no faith. That's a lesson, a spiritual lesson. God cannot perform miracles without our faith. He's limited to our faith. If we have great faith, he can do great things. If we have no faith, he can do nothing. If we have no hope, if we have no faith, also he cannot save us. God desires to never give up in any circumstances of life. You might be like I am and like every single one of us are, the blind man sitting on the side of the road, but never stop screaming, Jesus, Son of David, have mercy on me. Amen.